Hello, everybody. This is Theo. Welcome to this episode of My Teacher's Playbook. We're on with Mike Cavagioni, founder of Average Joe Finances. Thank you so much, Mike, for being with us on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, Theo. Definitely appreciate you guys having me on. All right. So, uh, Joe, uh, sorry, uh, Mike, could you please uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? I mean, and your business? Sure. Uh, so first of all, that happens all the time. I get called <laughs> Joe all the time. So don't <laughs> yeah. worry about that. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it goes with the territory, right? Average Joe finances, you know, I've, I've got this everywhere. So you see it. So Joe just mm. sticks in the head. I, I'll, I'll give you this. My middle name is Joseph. So that's my claim. Oh. To it. So you're not wrong. You're not wrong if you call me by my middle name. So, okay. Uh, I am originally from Long Island, New York. Uh, I currently live in Eva Beach, Hawaii. And how I got here was thanks to the Navy, right? I served 20 years in the Navy. And as I was getting close to the end of my career, I was like, you know, I got to do something else because my military pension is not going to be enough. Mm-hmm. And I started writing a blog about how I got out of debt. And how I got to uh, where I'm at today with investing in real estate. Mm-hmm. And then I started a podcast. Uh, a friend of mine kind of twisted my arm and said, hey, start a podcast. It's, podcasts are going to be huge. Just just do it. You're already doing the blog. Like I know you like to talk to people because you're, you're from New York and sometimes you don't know how to shut up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll do the podcast. And as I was doing the podcast, I started uh, putting together a, a financial coaching business, right? I see. And right. what I was doing with that, I was just helping people out, you know, I started off with just friends, family, uh, helping people for free and everything, right? And when I realized, hey, you know, there's something here, I was like, I, I, I could charge for this, right? So what I did is I, I kept my prices very low compared to what a lot of other financial coaches keep their prices at. And mm-hmm. the reason why is the people that I help are people that earn financial extremists, right? They're people that are uh, swimming in debt. They don't know how to get out. And the last thing I want to do is put another another financial burden on them. So that's one of the reasons why I charge probably a quarter uh, of what other people charge. And, um, you know, so that that was kind of the focus. And that's where I went with that. And as I got into to podcasting and got pretty deep into it, uh, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. And I, I was able to grow my show quite well. And right. I was talking to somebody else like, hey, you already do financial coaching. Why not coach people on how to do a podcast as well? So I said, mm-hmm. okay, I'll start doing that too. And I, I started coaching people on podcasting. Uh, and, and that to me is a little bit more fun because podcasting has become like a real passion for me. Uh, the finances is fun too, but man, sometimes I hate numbers, right? Yeah. Uh, we all do. Uh, but the podcast coaching has been really fun. And I've I've turned that into so much more, right? I have a podcast editing business that we just do a whole multitude of, of services for, for podcasters. So uh, my focus now is helping businesses start podcasts mm-hmm. and grow their podcast to one, grow their business and two, grow their network. So that's kind of where my focus has been the past six months. Yeah. But an amazing uh, story about there. And as, as the uh, listeners, just wanted to know that Joe, our average Joe finance podcast is the number one personal uh, finance podcast in Hawaii and a top 1% internationally ranked podcast. And yeah, that's why I'm so excited to talk with uh, Mike about this. Uh, I mean, in this business. And Mike, uh, I just want to ask, uh, what inspires you to start to, uh, I mean, your business as a coach? Uh, again, so like, 
when I when I started the blog and and then I started the podcast, I had people reaching out to me and asking questions. Right mm-hmm. uh, when people I worked with, uh, I was in the Navy at the time, found out that I had this podcast. They started asking me questions about, hey, you know, what what should I do about this and that? I was like, look, I'm not going to give you financial advice, but what I'll mm-hmm. tell you is, you know, here's what you need to do to get out of debt. Once you get to that point, either you're going to go talk to a financial advisor yes. or you can do things yourself. Here's how I do things, you know, and if you want to copy what I do, that's fine. Um, but I'm not going to actually sit here and tell you this is what you need to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that that, you know, you can get in trouble for that. Uh, if you're not licensed, right. Or, or a licensed financial advisor. Mm -hmm. So what I like to do is like, tell people like, here's the resources you have, here's how you utilize them. Let me show you how to use them. Right. And then you could figure out what your journey is going to look like. Cause everybody has a different path, right? Not everybody wants to invest in real estate. Like me, some people are just like, Hey, I just want to do index funds and ETFs and call it a day. Uh, me personally, I love real estate. I started off investing in single family. Then I got into multifamily apartments and syndications. Really love that stuff. And now I go to different real estate meetups and that's like all I'm talking about, right? <laughs> but again, that's my journey, right? It, it, other people mm-hmm. are like, hey, I just want to stick with single family real estate or I want to stick with short-term rentals like Airbnbs or midterm rentals, right? So again, you know, as long as you're following the path that works for you, that's what matters. And what I what I like to do in my coaching side is help people get on that path that's right for them and then hold them accountable to to staying on that path, right? Because that's the main job of a coach, right? I'll, I'll mentor people all the time. Men- mentorship is, you know, free, right? Pretty much. Yeah. That's when you're mentoring somebody, you're kind of like guiding them along. But a coach is somebody who's going to guide you along, but then hold you accountable. Like, hey, you said you were going to do A, B, C, and D. And you only did A. So what happened to B, C, D, right? So that's that's why it's important that if you have a coach that you know you you kind of you're you're ready to listen and yeah. and uh, be held accountable because that's one of the reasons why you pay them. And that's another thing too. Like as you're paying somebody, you do feel a little bit more accountable to to get the tasks done that you need to get. Like I I've had coaches before, right? I've I have several mentors, but I've paid coaches uh, thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. Okay. Um, to help keep me accountable. And, and it's, it's in, an important thing to me. I mean, I'm in masterminds too. You know, I had a mastermind group that I was in recently that uh, I was in this room with a bunch of people and we were talking about, you know, what's happening this year and what our goals were for the year. Mm-hmm. And here it was, you know, the month of June, I'm looking at my vision board and I said, I am not on track for what I planned for this year. And I completely scrapped my vision board and pushed the reset button. And it was because of that mastermind group holding me accountable to what I said I was going to do. Right. I'm like, hey. okay, okay. I've got to, I've got to take a step back and reevaluate myself. So I think that's, that's the most important part of, of coaching. Um, you know, when, when it comes to, you know, being on the client side, because I've also experienced that myself. All right. This is actually an amazing. And also, uh, Mike, uh, what advice would you give to someone who is just starting out in your industry? Are you talking about like just starting off in personal finances or in, in investing or podcasting? Which which industry are we talking about here? Uh, the industry of uh, like the coaching or I mean the job sure. that you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like for somebody that wants to be a coach? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, I would say, first of all, you need to make sure you get firsthand experience in whatever topic you want to be a coach in, right? Yeah, That's the most yeah. important piece <laughs> right. uh, because- you you need to feel that pain, 
right? Because you're going to take your experience and you're going to help other people not feel the pain that you felt. And one of the one of the things that I look at, especially on on the real estate and finance side, is you know you're going to pay for it one way or another. You're either going to pay for the education by taking a course, you're going to pay a coach, or you're going to do everything yourself and make the mistakes that everyone else made without a coach or without a course. And you're going to pay for it that way on the back end. And sometimes that's the most expensive way to pay. And, you know, one of the things that we say a lot in the real estate community is, you know, I I didn't fail or I didn't make a mistake. I I just had a very expensive education. Right. So uh, for me, like my first, one of my first uh, properties Mm -hmm. that I bought, I bought a duplex back in Chesapeake, Virginia, and I did everything sight unseen. I didn't have the right team in place, all these different things that were going against me because I wasn't talking to the right people before I got into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I could do this myself. I could do this. I got this. I got this. It wound up costing me quite a bit of money uh, with some ah. of the repairs that had to happen, different things that, that went down tenants, mm-hmm. not paying their rent. Yeah. It was, it was very eye opening, And I said, okay, I don't want to do that again. So when I got into uh, multifamily real estate, that's when I got a coach. That's when I started talking with mentors. That's when I got in a mastermind and said, okay, I need to focus on this this way. I'll pay up front. That way I'm not paying even more on the back end. So I think that's the important part if you want to be a coach is to maybe maybe hire a coach yourself and experience what it's like to be on the client side, right? Even if it's something that you are completely comfortable and you really know a, a lot about, hire a coach and see what it's like to be a client and see what that experience is like. So that way, when you are a coach, you can bring that that experience that you had and say, okay, this is some of the things I liked about being coached by this person. Here's some of the things I disliked. And you can kind of, you know, figure out what your program is going to look like based on that, because everybody's different. You know, some people might like certain things and some people Mm -hmm. might not. So it just depends on who your client is and understanding who your client is. But I think that's the big piece is experience is, is the biggest part uh, that that you need to take on. Yeah, that's actually a good one that you need also to like be a coach yourself, right? So uh, the next one, this is in regards for uh, what I call this real estate. So what are some of the biggest trends or changes you see happening uh, in real estate? Uh, I I kind of love and hate this question at the same time because <laughs> you know I I don't know when this podcast is going to air, but right now. You know, the market is very complicated mm-hmm. and difficult because of high interest rates, uh, fluctuating home prices, and it's and it's very market specific. Now, I live in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. The market yeah. here is pretty stable. Like we had a dip a couple months ago of about 10%, and it's come back and and went past that every month since uh since that happened, right? And as a real estate agent, what drives me nuts is like I was working with some clients and I, I said, Hey, we had this 10% drop. This is the time to get in there and get it. Oh, we want to wait a little bit longer. Well, now it's up about 17% from what it was when we had that drop. So I'm like, Hey, you know, I, I this is kind of what I do. I know what the market looks like out here. Mm-hmm. I looked at the trends, you know, this is, this is Hawaii. We barely get dips out here. Now compare that to other markets where there've been significant drops. Right. Mm-hmm. And Again, there's some that have been very stable. So it's very market dependent. So that's what makes this question so tough to answer. 
Yeah. But some of the trends I am seeing, and this is going to, the short-term rental people probably aren't going to like this, but there was something that recently came out that was showing short-term rentals across the United States and which markets were declining at a rapid rate. I believe Phoenix was one of the top ones. I can't remember what the other two were. There was, there was three that were like significant. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is, is there, there has been this massive influx of short-term uh, rental owners buying out all these properties and, and and essentially taking over some of these small towns. And it's creating a, an environment where there's not enough uh, affordable housing for people to live there. And it, it creates problems. That's why Hawaii has some significant regulations when it comes to short-term rentals, right? It's to prevent things like that from happening. So I get that, right? Uh, mm -hmm. The other piece of that is it's very difficult if you want to have a short-term rental out here in Hawaii to make that work. So there's two sides of the coin there. So right now I kind of see that industry in a, in a very big flux and it can go either way, but right now it looks like it's, it's kind of trending downward. Um, so it, it's not something I personally would get into myself mm -hmm. right now. Um, I'd probably wait a little bit longer to see what happens over the next couple months. Now, there's some other things that are doing really well, like self-storage, uh, mobile home parks. Those are doing great. The multifamily, which is what I love and what I invest mm -hmm. in myself, has kind of tapered off. And it's it's kind of plateaued and it's kind of staying um, flat right now. There's some good deals to be found, but they're very, very hard to find, right? I've been yeah. underwriting a bunch of deals with some other buddies of mine, and we are not finding anything that will stick. So- mm -hmm. Um, that's kind of unfortunate, but at the same time, it, it, it just goes with, with the process, right? I'm yeah. not going to go and get myself into a deal just because I fudged the numbers to make it work. And then in a couple of years realize, oh, I really messed this up and I'm going to be underwater. I'm going to have to pay my investors out of my own pocket, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, those are the things you want to pay attention to. Um, but yeah, so as far as real estate trends, that's kind of what I'm seeing right now. Uh, again, I don't consider myself an expert <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in anything like that, I just pay attention to, you know, some of these key indicators and what's actually happening, you know, watching the news and, and, and looking at some of these different articles that are coming out, giving us this data, uh, and then also pulling the data myself too. like for at least here in Hawaii, I have access to the MLS as a real estate agent. So I can look at all that. I could see what homes are selling for in the area and where that mm -hmm. trend is going, uh, besides just what comes out every month saying, Hey, here's, here's what the market looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, I can look at it for myself in a, a real time view. Um, so I think that's the important thing too. And, and whatever market you're in, if you are going to invest in like single family real estate or short-term rentals and things like that, talk to a real estate agent in your market that knows your market. And you can ask them those questions like, Hey, looking at the MLS, like what kind of trends are you seeing right now mm -hmm. in this particular market? Cause again, it's going to be very specific to the market. I see. Got it. And also a real estate right now, the price, it's actually sore. It's getting higher. That's why some of the people in the US are like they're renting. And uh, that's actually the trend right now that they're going to rent uh, like apartments, stuff like that. And also, Mike, uh, this is in regards for uh, the career as a coach. Okay. What are some of the most like important lessons you've learned? I mean, uh, as a coach. I would say probably one of the most important things is the folks, most of the folks that I've helped for free don't hold themselves accountable. 
It's the ones that actually pay for the coaching. So I've kind of turned away from the the freebies now. Like I don't I don't do any more freebies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even for friends because you know I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give them a discount, but not for free anymore because I've I've helped some friends and I've given them all the tools that they needed. And then when I follow up with them, it's kind of like crickets on the other side. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then you know they're not doing what they said they were going to do. And then they'll complain. They'll be like, you know. You know, you gave me this whole plan and everything looked great and and nothing's working. I'm like, okay, well, what have you done to enact your plan? Like, what have you actually stuck to your spending plan that we built together? And like, mm-hmm. well, so okay, well, have you looked at your bank accounts to see what the trends look like and what you're spending your money? Well, okay, <laughs> see. And so that's that's one of the the biggest gripes I have, but also biggest lessons learned that I've had with with coaching is you might get one or two people that you help out for free that will actually take it seriously. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you this too, like even for me personally, I've been offered free things like different courses and things like that, that I've been given just because of my podcast, people like, Hey, check this out. You know, before, before I come on your show to talk about it, you know, one of the things that we're working on, mm-hmm. here's free access to it. And honestly, it's kind of like, well, I didn't pay for it. So I'm kind of not really pushing myself to use or look at it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Even I do it myself. So it's like, if I'm doing it, I totally get it because, you know, if you're not paying for it, you, you're not going to feel accountable or, or you're not going to feel like you're held to a standard to, uh, to hold yourself accountable. So, uh, that's, that's probably the biggest takeaway. Yeah. it's actually true that if you help someone, uh, some of them, especially coaching, uh, the friends that you have, uh, they will, they won't take it seriously. That's why you need to pay. I mean, they need to pay the course that you have so that they're going to take it seriously. And uh, they will like, yeah, so since they pay the course, they will do everything to uh, to learn uh, something from you. All right. And also, uh, what are some of the biggest, uh, I'm sorry, what are some of the biggest conceptions uh, people have, I mean, have you in your industry? I mean, as a real estate, this is in, the, in regards to real estate. Okay. Like industry. some of the biggest misconceptions people have of real estate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions going around right now is that if you buy real estate and hold it, it's going to be worth so much more, you know, depending on how long you hold it. And I'm going to say that's true and not true at the same time, based on the market you're buying in. Mm-hmm. There are some markets that are really great for cash flow, but they are not going to appreciate. And then there's other markets that are not so great for cash flow, Hawaii, mm-hmm. that will appreciate greatly, right? And I think, you know, that is one of the most common things that people think, oh, well, if I just if I buy this property and it's cash flowing or I'm breaking even, like I'll be fine. I'm gonna hold this property for 10 years and it's gonna be worth, you know, so much more. That's not necessarily true. Now, if your plan is to buy a piece of real estate and hold it for 30 years, no matter what that's a good move because at least in 30 years, you're going to be, you're going to have it paid off anyway. Right. If you put a 30 year mortgage on it. Mm -hmm. So you're going to look like a genius, no matter what, if you plan on holding it for 30 years, most people though, if they're buying it as an investment, aren't planning on holding it for 30 years. They're planning on maybe holding it for five to 10 years, Mm -hmm. uh, depending on the cash flow and appreciation. So really you have to pay attention to the market, look at the trends and look at you know, what the appreciation has looked at over the last 20, 30 years, not just like the last five to 10. And that'll give you a better idea of how long you should be able to hold it to get a profit with appreciation as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think another misconception too, 
is a lot of people don't realize that if you don't claim your depreciation on your real estate and when you go to sell it and you know there's something called depreciation recapture and now I'm not a CPA but I'm just telling you from experience yes that even if you didn't claim the depreciation it's still going to get recaptured because the government's going to be like well you should have claimed it and it depreciated and now we're going to charge you back for that right so yeah. pay attention to that always claim your depreciation every year mm-hmm. talk with your tax professional and they'll they'll help you with that all right okay uh so uh mike this is uh like most people think about investing so because they are like they're trying to like balance what is the best investment that they i mean that they want in the i mean in the money was it was it best to in, uh, to invest your money in real estate or in like a stock market for your own opinion? Okay. Uh, own opinion. Again, this is also a question that I love and hate at the same time because I <laughs> invest in both. I personally prefer real estate because it's a real tangible asset that you can touch. You know, you can see, you can smell it. Sometimes you don't want to smell it if it's really yeah. beat up. Um <laughs> But, you know, and people are always going to need a place to live. A company that you buy stocks in, which now I'm not knocking on it because I invest in the stock market too. But if you buy a specific, like, let's say you bought Apple stock mm-hmm. and all of a sudden something happens and Apple goes out of business. Well, now that stock that you just had is worth nothing, right? If mm-hmm. they completely go bankrupt. So those those are things you got to pay attention to. Like, you know, if you're investing in a company, a CEO can make a stupid decision yeah, and it could ruin everything for you. Where in real estate, it, it has to be you making the decision to mess things up, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you're not paying attention, and this is one of the, the other thing you have to be careful about too. Like I was talking about that short, short-term rental stuff. You know, a lot of people that are buying short-term rentals right now, they need to pay attention to the local government ordinances happening in that community. Right. Because you never know, you might buy a property and they're going to say, okay, they change all the laws on short term rentals and you're not grandfathered in. Well, now you're stuck with this property that you can't cash flow. Now what happens? Right. So that's going to be the biggest thing. No matter what you do, no matter what you invest in, do your research on that particular thing that you want to invest in. Uh, This is why, for the stock market myself, I personally like index funds and ETFs because that's investing in multiple companies at once. I do invest in some individual companies like Tesla and Apple and just just companies that I feel really confident about that aren't going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I prefer you know the the safer bet which is going to be the ETFs and index funds. But my highest preference is real estate because you get the better return on investment, you get the tax benefits. You don't get that with with the uh, the stock market. Um, now and and you can even buy real estate through the stock market with a real estate investment trust, and I, I have yeah, a couple yes. of those as well. Mm-hmm. But you don't get the tax benefit there either because it's treated like a regular paper stock. So um, again, preference for me, real estate because high high return, um, you get that appreciation and you get the tax benefits. So yeah. that's that's kind of where I stand on that. All right, that's actually true, and that is amazing. Uh, for me, I mean. As my opinion, real estate is also the best investment for me uh, since, uh, yeah, it's in a house. And right now, people are looking for a place to live and real estate's the best one. And uh, Mike, 
if anybody wants to connect or anyone's thinking about working with you, where's the best place they can go or what is the, uh, I mean, or what is the best way to do that? Sure. I'll give you two links that makes it easy, right? The first one is going to be a link that has all my links. So it's flow.page slash Mike Cavagioni, M-I-K-E-C-A-V-A-G-G-I-O-N-I. Um, or you can go to MikeCavagioni.com and then there's a link to all my links there as well. But that's going to have everything, like every business that I do, everything that I work on, my podcast, you can find all of that there. All right. Uh, Mike, thank you so much, by the way, for your time uh, with us and I really appreciate it. So guys, uh, for the listeners, if you made it this far, thank you so much for sticking with us. If you got any value from today's episode, we'd love to get a rating or review or where do you get the podcast? If there's someone in the midst of growing their business or thinking about starting a business, send this episode to them and then take one thing that you learned today and go out, implement it, and let us know how it goes. And we want to hear about your wins. And above all, thanks for being with us. And today, we appreciate it a lot. See you on the next one. Cheers.